ございます。Everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host Alex, but you can call me Senpai. And joining me tonight, I have our poser extraordinaire Nitai. Hello, hello, hello! Thanks for hello, having me. Arigato gozaimasu. Yeah. All that good stuff. <laughs> Fucking weeb. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight we have a very, very special episode because we're doing another one of our spoiler cast. Nitai, what are we spoiling tonight? The wonderful Monogatari series we all love and cherish. Yes, yes, we are indeed going to be doing a spoiler cast for the wonderful and venerated Monogatari series. Um, and obviously, since this is a spoiler cast, um, you know, there are going to be spoilers. Um, we can and probably, yeah, I know, right? Paris the thought. <laughs> so we, we can and probably will spoil just about anything and everything from the show. So if you haven't seen the show yet, uh, first of all, I think both of us would say, go fucking watch the show. <laughs> yeah, we give it a glowing recommendation. Yeah, uh, this is this is going to be as much of a gush fest as it is a spoiler cast, I oh, feel. Oh, for sure. I have um, a feeling for most of our, a lot of our spoiler casts, especially those you and I have made, were super gushing. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, we do these spoiler kinda. casts because we love the shows. I mean, yeah. I, I keep telling you to fucking watch Steins Get Zero so you and I can do a spoiler cast on that once it's over. Psst. I just started watching it. It's pretty I good. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, But the first couple of things we are going to talk about, if you haven't seen this show yet, are going to be stuff where we're going to try and sell it to you. Um, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about how we got into the series and why why this show is different. Um but definitely how we got into the series is definitely not spoiler material. So I do want to talk about that first. So, Natai, you actually just relatively recently got yeah. finished catching up to the series. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when I started recording with you guys, you would you guys would talk a lot about the series. And I was like, yeah, okay. So like, I my first um, encounter with the series is... It's a very interesting one, but I think a lot of people would relate. Is you know, you browsing Facebook, you reading through some posts in this anime club Facebook group you're in, or something, and then someone posts like, "Oh, look at this weird clip from an anime I watched," and it's uh, what is that clip? Well, it's a guy who, for some reason, is tooth is like brushing his younger sister's teeth, and you're like, "Okay." Sure, and you keep watching it, and it gets more and more intense with a lot of, um, and how would you, I put it lightly, a lot of uh, sexual tension in that scene, and it just keeps escalating and escalating, and you, I just, like, thought to myself, what the fuck is this? And <laughs> that's all I knew about Monogatari for the longest time. From time to time, I would, like, in, in talk to someone who actually watch, watches the show, and I... When, he, when they would start talking about it, I would immediately go back to that scene and be like, ah, I'm not sure it's really for me. It seems kind of weird and not really for me. And But I would always ask them, well, sell it to me. How, like, what what is it about this show that's so good and appealing to you? And a lot of time they'll be like, um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to sell it to people because it's weird trying, like... It was it was hard for them to like focus on a s- specific aspect that was really like 
they felt would really sell me on it. Uh, but yeah, again, going back to what I started saying, then I started recording with you guys, and you guys would keep talking about it, talking about it, Kaiki Best Girl, and this and that, and Hachikuji, and all this weird stuff. And eventually I was like, okay, sure, I guess I'll give it a shot. And I did, and I watched the first episode of Bake, and I was immediately immediately enamored by the show. Uh, it's it was like it was a great experience. And then the moment I started watching, I was like, okay, this is I'm going all the way through everything, and it's been <laughs> a great ride. I have a, a very similar route into getting into the Monogatari series. I, I've mm. known about it for a long time. I think what was it, Bake? started in was it 2010 or 2011 i can't remember something now. like that yeah yeah um it's it's i mean it's been around for a little while now um and you know i i had seen you know clips especially that toothbrush scene which you mentioned um <laughs> i had seen a bunch of memes that came out of the monogatari series but i never actually sat down to watch it until about two and a half years ago i sat down and i watched the entire thing that w- it was right uh, I started watching it as the first season of Awari Monogatari was airing. Um, mm. or, no, it was right before uh, the first season of Awari Monogatari started airing. And by the time I had caught up, it was in the middle of the of Awari Monogatari season one. Which airing. means Kizu wasn't out yet, right? No, it means, yeah, it was the year before Kizu came out. Um mm. But that that's what I did. And, and a lot of it is because of being on this podcast, wanted me, you know, there was a lot, a lot of people uh back when we first started the podcast who had watched it and kind of pushed me into it um because mm-hmm. they were talking about it a lot and i thought well maybe it's time for me to buckle down and you know actually watch this thing that i've only heard about before um <laughs> and when i did i saw, i was just so blown away by it and i think because this show is so different is i mean that's why i like it like it's directorial style it's 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 art style it's character designs it's the dialogue, my God, the dialogue. Mm. Um, it's just the the, the 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 entire series is a complete package of just gorgeousness. And it's like, I, as I was watching, it's like, why the fuck did it take me so long to get into this? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's as you say, it's like, it's this beautiful package of gorgeousness, dialogue, and self-indulgence. That's what I would say. It's, yes. Yeah. It's so good. And self, self-reflection, really. Mm. I mean that's that's especially when it comes down to a character like the main character Koyomi. Yeah. Um but but you bring up you bring up a good point about um when I watched it was before Kizu came out and I think this is the point where we're going to start getting into spoilers. So if we haven't sold it to you yet um just yeah, go why not, watch it. Yeah. Just one last sentence before the spoiler territory. It's actually this is something Alex you used to say, to say to me a lot of the times. It's like one of some of the best dialogue you'll ever see in anime, and it's true. It's one of, in my opinion, one of the appeal in this. Sh- some of the appeal in the show is the super duper awesome dialogue in it. It's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, if you feel like watching something a little bit different, a little bit self-indulgent, a little bit um, bizarre—not in the JoJo way, but it's something completely different—go uh, give it a shot again. Just watch the first episode and keep going it's incredible yeah i mean de- definitely not bizarre like jojo's but certainly different um yeah 
And, and there is a, a new, well, a new quote-unquote season coming out uh, in fall 2018. Um, it's going to be in theaters, so it's not really a season. Yeah, more of a movie. Yeah, it's basically a movie. They're not calling it a movie, but it basically is. Um, and that's Zoku Awari Monogatari. So, I mean, it, it's a good time to, to get you know invested in it because there's a lot out to get invested in now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I I want to turn back to uh, when when I first got into this uh, to the Monogatari series, Kizu Monogatari had not yet come out. Um, mm. It was about I think two and a half, three months before the first Kizu movie came out that I st- I actually blasted through the entire Monogatari series. It was up Dang. to that point, um, but that points to a really interesting thing about Monogatari, and that's the fact that the story is not told in a chronological order. Because Kizu is one of the most recent things to come out, but it's the thing that happens first chronologically in the story. Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of, at least if you look back at the light novels, which the show is is, uh, um, adapting, uh, Kizu was actually written after Bakyamonogatari, which is the first entry in the, the show. And that's interesting to see how... Nisio Isin kind of method- very methodically built this whole like series, but sort of sorted it in a way that, right, it's out of order chronologically, but there's always a purpose for that. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. and the original intent was to make the Kizu was to make Kizu Monogatari right after Bake Monogatari had finished. Yeah. But that never happened. I mean, it did happen eventually, but it happened years later because for several several reasons which you could make an entire podcast episode about uh kizu got stuck in development hell over at uh, studio shaft um i'm kind of glad they made us wait though because the wait was definitely oh, worth so it good i i it's yeah so good. And, and and you touched on something else like you know this series is based on a, a series of light novels written by mm-hmm. nisio eason um for, for, some, for someone like you, you're not really big into light novels. I don't think you've really read any other no, light novels I, except the Kizu Monogatari light yeah, novel. Yeah, so actually, after watching the films not too long ago, I actually ordered the book itself. And this is like the first light novel I've ever, ever read. And still haven't finished it. But it's, yeah, this is like the only light novel I've ever read so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you really don't have too much to compare it to. But for mm-hmm. someone like me who does read quite a bit of light novels, I can tell you that of the light novels I've read, the Monogatari series, at least for the the English, the official English translations, are not only some of the best translated uh, light novels I've ever, official English translations of light novels I've ever read, but it's also just, in general, it's the most well-written story I think I've ever experienced in a light novel. Um, and what else all, do you have to it to compare it to? Well, I mean, I've Overlord, uh, mm. Spice and Wolf, uh, Index. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've probably read, I don't know, three or four dozen different light novel series over the years. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm a real I, I have to say, like light novels. <laughs> and it's, my favorite light novel series of all time is Spice and Wolf, but. That's for a completely different reason. But even compared to that, like, it's just reading this, it all comes down to dialogue for me. It's like yeah. when, you, when, you wa- when you watch, either when you watch the anime or you read the light novels, it's just the dialogue is so fucking engaging. Yeah. It's so I playful. 
Oh, yeah. And it's just, as someone who does a lot of writing, I wish I could write that good. Yeah, Um, Miso Isin is, like, is the most self-indulgent otaku writer I've ever seen. It's incredible. Like, for example, we touched on Kizu. In the book, there's, like, uh, there's a moment where Aragi meets up with Hankawa for the first time. And uh, then a wind comes and blows her skirt away, sort of. And he sees her panties. Now, in the book, he spends two whole pages describing her panties and how they look. And then, if you were, and then like a chapter later, Hanakawa, when she talks to Aragi, she says to him something along the lines of, "You, this look of yours, it's like you look at me as if you were describing my my panties for two pages." And I'm like. Who writes like this? <laughs> it's very. What is this? The, the light novels. The light novels constantly break the fourth wall. And it's the almost show as, as well. if all these characters know they're actually just in a story in someone's head. Yeah, and the show as well. There's a wonderful moment back in uh, back in Monogatari where uh, uh, Senju Gahara sort of uh, laughs at uh, Koyomi and tells him, "I'm sure my voice actress could do a really good impersonation of you. She's super <laughs> talented." It's like, what? <laughs> And now and then it like it cuts to like the resume of the actual mm-hmm. voice actors portraying Hanakawa. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. That was brilliant animation directing right there. Um so good. Yeah, I would say like the non-chronological nature of the story itself is probably one of its greatest strengths. It's super engaging. It like demands you to stay focused and like try and piece all the puzzle to like the rest of the puzzle. And say like, it oh, okay, it's this the, fits watching, in here and watching, there. watching or reading the Monogatari series is like trying to solve a puzzle. Yeah. Because th- the story itself doesn't like force feed you. It doesn't spoon feed you when the story takes place. You have to figure it out as an audience member by watching or reading it. And yeah, I think that's and... also that's one of the great strengths of Nisio Eason's writing. He actually mm-hmm. believes that the people who are going to read his stuff are smart. And they're going to figure stuff out. And they don't need to be spoon fed everything. Yeah. It's like it's... The whole non-chronological like structure of the show, it's I think it serves two purposes. One is engaging the audience, as we just touched on, and then the other aspect of it, I think that just makes it a whole lot more interesting, is as I said in the beginning, how it's like super methodical, how it's all like paced together and structured. Because, for example, okay, so you have Bakemonogatari. And that, like, establishes the whole setting in the world itself. Great. But then you have, like, this character called Shinobu, which she doesn't really do a whole lot. She's, she doesn't even speak for all for, for all Bakemonogatari. Yeah, she's kind of just there in the yeah, background, she's there. really. She does something. She, she is, like, a, big, a major player near the end, but she doesn't even say anything. And you're like, okay, who is this? But then... Who is this go... slave this middle-aged man has in the corner? Exactly. And then you go to Kizu and it's like, oh shit, this is a 500-year-old vampire who's like about to wreck some shit. That's awesome. But when and when you have that context right after seeing her as this like husk, you go to to Nisemon got through this like awesome bath scene between um, Shinobu and Aragi where they sort of like sort things out and you know sort of form this like very fascinating bond between them and that and the way it because of the structure of the whole story it just works it's it gives you context when you need it and it's super interesting the same is done with Hanekawa later on it's yeah. very fascinating well, it's like, 
I actually look at the dynamic between Koyomi and Shinobu slash Kishot um, as, and this is how I Kishot always describe what? it. Kishot does what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I always. This is how I describe it to people if they ask. Like their relationship is more than friendship, but less than romance. Mm. It's somewhere in between that. I don't know if there's actually a word for that, but that's what it is. It's it's more than mutual a mutual respect. A sim- it's more than a friendship. It's less than a romance. And that's, I mean, that, and, it, and stuff like that, like, there's so many of these characters, it's very difficult to put them in a box. And that mm-hmm. just goes to show you how well-written they are. Like, like look at Hanakawa, yeah. like you mentioned. Um, she she is one of the most difficult characters to classify in the Monogatari series. Is she a friend? Is she a family friend? Is she a, a love interest? Is she uh, a tragic <clears throat> A tra- tragic, uh, you know, friend care. It, what is she? Because it's interesting how it's set up as like, again, that whole like structure. You go to Bakemon Garden. It's established that they're sort of like good, they're good friends because something happened to them that kind of made them bond together. But then you go, but but if the show if the show was structured as like in a chronological order, it would almost seem as if Hanekao is meant to be like the main love interest right because yeah. i just watched kizu again it's very it really felt like it's set up it's setting her up as the main love interest but then nekomonogatari kuro comes in and you sort of get that okay that's why at least Aragi isn't really going there with her yes yeah. It's 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 fascinating to watch though, and actually, it's it's kind of a good thing that Kizu was done afterwards because if Kizu had actually come first, like you know, broadcast wise or you know, the, mm-hmm. the the book itself, you'd probably be really confused as to why uh, Hanakawa isn't the love interest going forward. Yeah, it's weird. Like, so yeah, I watched Kizu. I watched the Kizu trilogy right before, you know, like before I watching Oari season two. But very recently, I rewatched it with a friend of mine who who watched Bakemonogatari, and I want and I wanted to get back into the show, so I said, "Want to watch the the movies?" It's like, okay, I'll go with it. And it's it's fascinating to like think about how you consume certain aspects of the show when, like, if when people ask me how to watch the show in what order, I give them a specific list that that's how you need to watch it. But Kizu is like a it's like an anomaly in that list because. Honestly, you could watch it right after Bake, and it work. It would work just as well if you watch it right before Owari season two. It's strange. yeah, which is which is when it came out. Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, Kizu is the big anomaly. It really is. Fuck, I mean, it's like two D animation with CG backgrounds, and it looks amazing. I have no clue how they pulled it off. Because it's Studio Chef, that's why. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But um, speaking uh, of storytelling mechanics, that's something else that that uh, the Monogatari series does a really, really good job of, of utilizing various storytelling mechanics to just these unbelievably mm-hmm. great degrees. Uh, one of the most obvious ones is, well, especially after you watch uh, Awari Season 2, is this concept of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly which episode it was but i know at some point during bake monogatari um uh meme (laughs) 
which I still Oshino love that name. Meme. <laughs> Oshino. Um, tells Aranagi that eventually he's going to have to get over his fear of what he what he's capable of. I don't remember what episode that is. God, I wish I could remember. But it's it's in some episode of Baki Monogatari. And that comes back full circle in Awari season two after the reveal of what uh Ogi actually is. Yeah. When That's Ogi is, is Ogi is literally his his built up fear. Yeah. It's like a literal it's... personification of his own fear. It's so awesome because I'll do I'll do one better. Like one of the first lines that Oshino says is is like I, I think um, Sindrugahara when Aragi brings her in and she talks to Oshino, she's like asking him to help her, and he says, "I can't help you. Oh, you, I can't save you. You need to save yourself." Yeah, and you can apply that phrase to almost every part of the show. It's so brilliant like I, lo- I love this like theme but it you can apply it to every part of the show so it sort of foreshadows like most of the show I mean, it makes sense it's the main it, it actually it, it goes to show what what the monogatari series is actually about at least to me and it's about self-redemption it's about mm. taking the worst parts of yourself realizing how bad they are and then making yourself better in spite of them yeah and, so, and so i don't good. think there's any any character arc in the Monogatari series that exemplifies that better than Kaiki's arc. Because oh, Kaiki. I know, Kaiki. Oh, best girl. <laughs> best theme Best theme in the show. <laughs> yeah, certainly. One of the best character themes ever. And that's another thing about the Monogatari series. Phenomenal music. But for sure. I, I want to I get to the, the Kaiki arc there real quick. Because Go for it. Um, when you're first introduced to Kaiki, like, he is a scumbag. He's a, like, yeah. You're not He's supposed to like him at all. Um, and especially when you find out that he basically fucked over uh, Sinjigara's family, and it's why they live in basically squalor now. Um, and he's 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 a con man. I mean, that's that's how he's introduced. He's introduced as like the perfect con man. Um, yeah. And he, it's funny because he uses things he doesn't believe in to get his, his mm-hmm. job. He doesn't believe in these like uh, what do you call them? Um, fuck, what do they call them in this show? Talismans. Yeah, well, not that, not just that. The um, fuck the the stuff that live inside the girls. God, what are they, what's the word they use? Uh, oddities. He doesn't believe oddities, in oddities. Yeah. He doesn't believe in oddities, but yet he uses them to accomplish his cons, which I find like it's it's only something a con man could believe. Like this dichotomy of not believing in something you actually use. Um, and he's very upfront of, of his like his money. It's like, yeah, I just want money. That's like what a, the most important thing in life: money, and that's it. Yeah, he's like but not then, ashamed of it. But then, and that's in Nise when you're first introduced to him properly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of sort of alluded to in Bake, but not by name. Um, but when you first meet him in Nise, it's like that you're supposed to just absolutely abhor this character. Oh, um, I loved him for the second I met him. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, but you're not supposed to feel like sympathetic towards. Yeah, him. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but then he has he has another. Um, Another arc in second season. It's at the very end of second season, which is pretty much all throughout the fandom is called the Kaiki arc. It's actually what's the actual Hitagi uh, end. Hitagi end, yes. Um, uh, and so, what a wonderful arc! 
I know. <laughs> and so when you meet him at the very beginning of that arc, he's still pretty much the same person. He's a con man. He's only out for himself. He loves money. And then uh, Hitagi comes to him with this problem that Nariko's going to kill both her and Aradagi uh, before or right, the day of graduation, of their high school graduation, if uh, Aradagi doesn't confess her love to Nar- Nariko. Uh, mm-hmm. um, or confess his love to Nariko, I should say. Um and so she comes to him and is like, please, will you help me? I have nowhere else to turn. I don't know anyone else I can ask for help. And first of all, that's a great character moment for Hitagi. Um, because oh, she's you actually, so wonderful. That is, that is the moment that humanizes Hitagi and actually turns her into a really great character. But what, that, in that whole airport scene with her and Kaiki is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's one oh, of the best... That 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 whole string of dialogue between them is literally one of the best li- best scenes of back and forth dialogue you'll ever see in anime, bar none, hands down. But then you watch him as he kind of comes to grips with this: Do I really want to help this person for for really no no profit other than you know helping this person out? And he, he just walks pa- back and forth, back and forth with it in his mind. And he finally says, "Yes, I'll do it." And then as he's doing this, as he's trying to trick Nautico as it were, um, he almost humanizes himself to it. And then at the mm-hmm. end, he really redeems himself when he refuses to accept payment. And he just walks away. And then gets stabbed in the back. And then gets stabbed. <laughs> well, it doesn't get, he actually gets beat with a baseball bat. But Yeah, that's that's true. Um, Funny thing, I noticed not too long ago, when he, when he sits down and talks to Hitagi at the beginning of the arc, he literally says, I don't like getting stabbed. Yes. Another foreshadowing. <laughs> yep, yep. But I mean, but that just go, that just goes to show you what what the Monogatari series is really about. That's what it's always been about to me. It took me a long time to realize that because yeah, uh, for a long time I thought this was just a really very cleverly told story, like co- cleverly told modern fantasy story. That's what I thought it was, and that's all I treated mm. it as. But the more I watched, the more I realized. Wow, there's actually like an under underlying theme to all of these stories, and like they're they're almost like moral parables, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. A- another great storytelling mechanic is used, especially in that Kaiki arc at the end of second season. That's the unreliable narrator mechanic. He and literally states there's... at the beginning of the arc, "Yeah, don't really trust whatever I tell you in this story. This uh, this all could it's be a brilliant. lie, or that could be a lie too." Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's what he literally says. This could all be a lie, or that could be a lie, too. Such a good monologue. If we ever oh, do another, man. like, dubbing special, we should do. We should try and dub that monologue. Oh, the Kaiki monologue at the beginning of Itagi Ed? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's so good. And hell, fucking... And watching... Uh, Koyomi and Hitagi's relationship develop over the course of the entire series up into Awari Season 2, which is what we're up to at the time of this recording. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's an unbelievable um, thing to watch play out because you have, at the very beginning, I mean, if you want to talk about chronologically at the beginning of, of Kizu, um, Koyomi is this like really standoffish, brooding teenager who doesn't really yeah. want anything to do with anybody. And then when you first meet Hitagi, she's kind of the same way, really. Um, mm-hmm. Just in a, in a different way. Um, 
She's just she's more. more she's like the classic. Well, she's like the, well, she's like the classic Sundere archetype, whereas uh, Koyomi is like this sort of just loner type. Mm-hmm. Um, but then over the course of of the entire series, you get to watch both of these characters not just open up with the, between each other, but open up with the people they surround themselves with, and it's such a beautiful thing to watch because it's so well done. And especially yeah. once you get to Awari season two, and then like that 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 scene where they're driving and Hitagi and Koyomi are driving in the car together, oh. and Hitagi's like, "Koyomi, call me by my name." And he's like, "Senjigahara," and he's like, <laughs> "No, my first name." And he's all, all confused, like Hitagi, and she's like, she has this look on her face, like, "This is good." <laughs> <laughs> that's the point where she like she's completely opened herself up and she is no longer the person she was when Koyomi met her. It it's great because you even see it even before that you see her like how she grows as a person. I mean, if we back in the Tsubasa Tiger arc, that moment where Hitagi is like when she finds Hanekawa sleeping in that uh, Kransko, it's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Get, <laughs> get over here. She brings her over to her apartment. It's like, it, if the that we saw back in Baki Monogari, the, that first episode would never have done that. She would never have thought of doing that, but she keeps growing, keeps changing. It's wonderful. Yeah, when you first Almost meet her, all she's the characters very... grow up in this show. It's great. Yeah. Well, when you first meet Hitagi, she's very selfish, really. Mm. And she doesn't really think of other people's needs. I mean, hell, if you go and look at that, wasn't the second or the third episode where it's just her? That entire episode is just her and Koyomi sitting in a park talking about just absolute bullshit. has nothing to do with the actual story. Oh, it's so it's just, good, though. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. But, I mean, almost that entire conversation is about her. She makes that entire conversation almost entirely about her. And it's just, that is, uh, I don't know how you but, write this good, but I'd love to know how. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get, if we're on the topic of Itagi, and then you get to like episode 12 of Bakia Monogatari, I think that's like, that's that's a, that's just a special moment. You One know? of the single greatest episodes of anime, single episodes of anime ever. Yeah, when she takes a... Koyomi to that date and they go to the forest and then and she's like yeah just look down just take my hand and follow me and then they go and then they lie on the on the ground and they look at the stars and it's just it's such a beautiful gesture that she does it's just it's, oh, yeah. it's so beautiful yeah oh, I mean that, that my entire heart is episode melting whenever is, I think of it that, that entire episode is absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. um but it's just, just watching that play out is just so fun, and, it, and and the more you look back, it's like wow, they they just they foreshadowed this like so long ago, and I just I can't believe I didn't catch it earlier. Mm-hmm. <sighs> God damn. <laughs> Any if if we're on the topic of like cool moments we love in the show, wanna why not you throw one into the ring? Oh um oh god that I haven't talked about already um. I got another one that involves Kaiki, and I, I only throw this in because it, it makes me laugh. Because I've I've watched this scene over and over again, but it makes me laugh every single time I watch it. Okay, and it's that that scene where um, is it? Yeah, it's it is in that it's in the same arc, the Kaiki arc in second season, um, where Kaiki meets uh, Ononoki, 
And they have <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And they have that conversation outside the coffee shop. <laughs> I don't know why that scene makes me laugh every single time, but it does. I also really I know a lot of even Monogatari fans in general will poo-poo Ononoki, but I love Ononoki. Yeah, Ononoki is great. Yeah. Um Yeah. Peace, yay. peace. <laughs> peace, peace. I said with the posed look. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. That, that scene every single time makes me laugh. Um, that uh, just basically every scene in the Kaiki arc is great. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Trying to think of something early on. Oh, the uh, well, I think I got one from Kizu that I really love is the fight between Koyomi and Kishot. Yeah, which I will, I will, I will, I will, I will sit here and contend that that fight is better than any fight that has been in any shonen series ever. That's I don't know if I agree with that. I know it's probably one of my favorite fights in recent memory. It's so weird. It's <laughs> it's like, what am I even watching? Because <laughs> everything I... in that fight is so well done. Like the sound design, the random like. Random like applause and shouting you hear in the background like it's a football game or something. It's so good. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Just I look. I look at that fight and I look at fights I've seen in Shonen like Naruto or or any sh- Dragon Ball anything. I don't care. In my mind, that is the best fight anime has ever had. Mm. It's the best looking. It's got the best music. It's got the best fucking animation. It's oh, so God. good. I have another moment that I, I it's I don't know if it's it's probably up there as one of my favorite moments in the show. It's um, I think you and I agree that Tsubasa Tiger is a wonderful piece of anime. In well, I think it's... well, I think something else that you and I both agree with is that even though the the canon ship is fantastic, which is Koyomi and Hitagi, which we both love, I think mm. you and I also both agree that in spite of that, Hanakawa was the best girl in the series. Yeah, Koyomi and Hitagi are like the perfect ship, but Hanakawa is best girl indeed. Yeah, but that sort of so in Tsubasa Tiger, that because okay, so. The wonderful thing about Tsubasa Tiger is it's like this big conclusion to her entire arc that started back in the near the end of Bakemonogatari. So, like, so you see her in different stages of the story, and then you reach this climax where she has this like spiritual journey where she finally sort of comes to terms with her flaws. It's such a beautiful moment. I love it. It's it really touched me. I love it. So yeah, good. I mean, and that that's that speaks to to like some of the themes, and especially in the early parts of mm. of the Monogatari series of things like trauma and PTSD. I mean, and and the fact that Hanakawa thinks of herself as trying to be perfect all the time, and she has this enormous amount of stress from it, and she just gets to a point where she can't take it no more. Yeah, it's like she's tr- she's trying to be so perfect all the time. She literally like disconnects from her bad emotions and she like thinks everything is normal around her and it's yeah. like yeah I, I i sleep in the in my living room and she thinks that's normal it's like she there's like such a major flaw in that in her character she needs to confront in that arc it's so well done yeah um the funny thing is that there's a uh there's a piece of i think it's official artwork from Vofan out there um 
that he did from that arc, uh, the uh, Subasa Tiger arc, where um, you know there's a couple of scenes that actually take place in Hanakawa's house, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a scene of her her quote unquote bed, and it's in a, it's in a hallway, and it looks suspiciously like a litter box. Huh. If you have that, I don't know. I would like to ch- to check. I have, it to, out. I have to go find point. it, but I remember seeing yeah. that a long time ago, and I thought that was really weird, but a very good art choice. Not gonna lie, if uh, when I when I'm in, when I'm in Germany at Comic Con Berlin, if I see something related to Anakawa, I probably just buy it right away because buy a Daki. She's so precious. I love her. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, especially I mean... with like the white stripes. Oh, she looks amazing. I love her. Okay, <laughs> enough. That's enough. something else you and I agree on. The short hair in Hanakawa looks yeah. the best. How do you and you're not even that into girls with short hair. Yeah. But she looks fantastic. What can I say? Um, I love my waifu in all of her forms. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Cat ears and all. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you, and you pointed to it. Like, she thinks that all this stuff, because she's bottled up all these negative emotions and pushed them all to the side. She thinks that all these terrible things that actually do happen to her are, are normal. To the point at which she's getting, like, hit in the face by her adopted father. And she thinks that's normal. That's how most kids live. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's so well done. It really is. Um, yeah. And just watching her get through it herself is just amazing. And then, oh, and, and like the big payoff for that is in Owari, in Owari Monogatari, the like two moments that I feel like were the big payoff for that. It's when, actually, even again in Itagi End where she talks to Kaiki, that's also a great moment. But anyway, in Owari, there's like this one scene where she confronts, uh, where she has this like, Battle of Wits with Ogi, which is awesome. And then, like, her final, like, winning moment in Owari Season 2, where she brings Oshino, it's like, I win. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Mm. Oh, hell, Man, I, mean, I love her. Just, I, It's funny, because Owari brings so much of that to a head. I mean, even with Hitagi, you get to see her, like, stand up for her own, like, herself for once. And yeah. she punches out Sonenshi. <laughs> That's a great moment. <laughs> that cat fight, it's like, oh, and then of course Hanakawa's involved. She's hanging by <laughs> yeah. she's hanging by Hitagi's waist, like being dragged in. It's like, no, don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> oh. Oh. I wish I, I I remember when I watched that specific episode episode, I think maybe I sent you a message on Discord telling you I wish there were more scenes of that, of like other characters interacting when Koyomi is like not necessarily there, which does happen, but I just want more of them because it's so good. Which kind of brings up a good point because there's an entire arc of the Monogatari series, at least so far, that does that, and a majority of the fans don't like it. And that's Hana Monogatari. Also, Tsubasa Tiger, sort of. That's sort of, but he is still there. I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, Hana is uh, Hana Monogatari is really weird because it, it's chronologically at least of the anime so far, it's the one that takes place the latest. Yeah. Um but it's also it's an, it's a it's an attempt to do the Monogatari series without Koyomi. 
I mean, he, yes, he does appear in it at the very end, but not for very long, and he's not really a huge part of the story. But essentially, the story tries to be a story tries to be told in the Monogatari universe without Koyomi in it, and I think that's kind of the reason. I, I love how it's set up, though. It's like because because um, the way it's like the way it's like set up. So it's Kanaburu talking, and she's like referring to Itagi and Koyomi as if they're like dead or something. It's like, oh no, they just went to college. But <laughs> that's the cool part. For her, they might as well be quote unquote dead because they're like two of the most important people in her life who are gone. I think, I think, like, I really liked Hana because, like, the main like thing about it that I really connected to actually is that feeling of stasis in your life where you feel like you're stuck in no matter what you can't like manage to move forward yeah you're stuck in a rut and you don't know what to do yeah exactly and i think you either you either manage to like connect to that or not but i think hannah is still like a solid entry in the franchise as a whole but i get why people don't like it as much yeah, I mean, I I understand it. it. It for me personally, I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad, but it isn't my. It's certainly not my favorite part of the series. Um, mm. I'd probably say it's toward the bottom, um, so far. But uh, it was still it was an interesting take on it, and I do think it brings up something that a lot of a lot of people, I think, uh, young people, like when they're finishing high school, it brings up something that a lot of them go through. It's like, well, what do I do now? I'm an adult but I have to make this decision on my own. No one can make it for me. Yeah. And I think that's, that's part of the reason that, that, you know, Hana is the way it is because, uh, Kamadu is going through that motion of like, I'm, I'm finishing up high school. What the fuck do I do now? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I really like, I really want to go back and watch Hana. It's, it's good. I really think Hana would have been better if Kambadu and that other girl had fucked. <sighs> I'm just I'm throwing that out there because you know I'm right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> also, also I will say one good thing about Hana that I loved was it brought Kaiki back. <laughs> and that, it, yeah. it told us he wasn't dead. <laughs> Goatee Kaiki. I mean so good. I mean I, the, the end of second you love season gives you the impression that. that he's dead. Yeah, I mean, like, I, w- <laughs> I was super sad because I'm watching Itagi and it's so wonderful. I love it. And then at the end, it's like, okay, Kaiki is now, now is dead. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, don't, don't do it. But he's alive, so I guess it's okay. And then he That's... comes back and he's better than ever. He has a fucking four and a half minute long monologue about meat, which I am oh, convinced... Wonderful. I am convinced is about homosexuality. Yeah, because you're also convinced that Kaiki might be Kanbro's dad. I am, and I, I, I want, I want to I preface like this theory. by saying I haven't, lie. I haven't read any of the Monogatari series that has not been officially translated into English. So that's the, my my well of knowledge of the Monogatari series is based on the anime I've seen so far, plus the light novels that I've read that are translated officially in English. Um, so I don't know if, if, you know, going forward in the light novels, we're going to get information that completely, like, negates this. But I am so convinced, based on the information I have, that Kaiki mm-hmm. is Kambadu's father. That's a cool theory. I don't... I think I'm... I don't know why I think of it, but... We know... Well, we know that when, when you know, Kaiki was in college, he was in love with Kambadu's mom. Yeah. Also, like, one of his conditions for helping Itagi and Aragi was, like, 
been in Canberra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he, he intentionally be. keeps a close eye on her. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and we know the that Kanbaru is... Like, the first time we meet we meet him is, like, right in front of Kanbaru's house. House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just... It's 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 really... It, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I mean, we know that, that uh, Kanbaru has a mother and a father... Um, we know who her mother is, um, and well, obviously, we we don't know who her father is, but we do know that her, the mother and father that claimed her, died in a, I think it was a car accident, something like that. It was some kind of accident where they both died at the mm-hmm. same time. So I'm a, I assume it was a car accident. I I'm, I <laughs> may not be remembering that right, but we know we know that they're dead. Yeah, I'm just not. I I'm convinced that Kaiki is her actual father, and she married another guy to cover that up. That's just my opinion. I love how slow this podcast is turning to the Kaiki show. I know, right? <laughs> Kaiki's great. Um, He's such a good character. And, and I, one last thing about Kaiki, I swear. Um, <laughs> I I want to ask you this because, you know, I, I love this series. I And I it looks like it's going to... I mean, Shaft has said, said a long time ago that they're going to do a complete adaptation of this of this uh, of this series. And mm-hmm. they seem to be making good on that promise, which I'm very, very happy about. Um, but I just I wonder if because we're have we have Zoku coming out later this this year, yeah. And I'm just wondering if that's going to be the end of it, or they're going to go because we're done with final season after that. That yeah, the only thing left is monster season, season. Monster season. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you what. I'm if Zoku turns out great and that's it. I'll be okay with it, but if they say, if they will be like, okay, we want to go ahead and adapt more of the books that are out already, I won't mind, because, like, for the longest time, I wasn't too sure about it, because it felt like, like, the new books are more of side stories, but recently I've, like, been digging around uh, Reddit, and reading some comments for people who actually read it, uh, the new books, and they say they're just as good. So, yeah, I I don't mind more stuff, like, and again, if they're not as good, that's fine, because we still have, so far, like, the entirety of the show so far is great all around, in my opinion, except for, like, maybe just tiny parts, but as a whole, like, I, I really wouldn't mind more Modern Country, so either way, I would be happy. Yeah, well, the reason I ask is because, like like you say, there, there are some some books in monster season that sound like they'd be pretty good. They certainly sound like they make good additions to the anime, especially that, that uh, story arc that revolves around uh, an adult Koyomi and Hitagi being married and Ugh. basically like solving crimes together. Um, Just which... melt my heart with sugar, man. It's, <laughs> um, but do you know what I want more than anything else? And I, this, what? this is be like, this will be like Hana Monogatari part two. When you try to make a, a, uh, story in the Monogatari series without Koyomi. But what I want more than anything else is I want a story about the Ghostbuster characters, which is Meme, mm-hmm. Kaiki, Kaganui, and um, Gaian. Gaian, yes. Um, about how they met dope. in college and like what happened between them because none of them and actually really guy. meet in the Monogatari yeah. series proper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think there, had to be, there has to be a really good story there. There has to be. And some guilting cutter needs to go, like probably get in there as well, right? Someone what? 
guillotine cutter needs oh, to yes, yes, be yes, somewhat guillotine cutter, to yes. And uh <laughs> and um episode. God, I feel like episode is the most underused character in the show. I think he's because hmm, he shows up in Kizu, he shows up in Neko White, and then he shows up in Shinobu Mail. I think he shows up like just enough. Oh, you just reminded <laughs> So there's a point in Shinobu Mail back in Owari season one where uh, I don't remember at which point, so Gain tells um, tells Koyomi to go to the bookstore and buy uh, <laughs> Yuri, <laughs> Yuri, uh, not Yuri, um, Yaoi. Uh, BL. She wants and, him to buy BL. Yeah, BL and MILF porn or something like that. And then he comes back and he talks to her an episode and then he gets distracted by something and talks to someone else. And then when he turns back to Guy in an episode, Guy reads the Yaoi, and <laughs> episode reads the no, the other way around. Episode reads the BL uh, book, and Guy reads the milf porn. <laughs> Just for some reason that that's in there. It's like okay, sure. <laughs> Man, I ha- I also dumb. have a theory that Guy is a lesbian. Could be. I just, I, she just, she strikes me. I, it's the gaydar going off, man. Um, the gaydar going off. My, the gaydar is okay. going off. Um, oh, I, I want to ask you something. I think this would actually be a really good way to wrap this up. Um, so a lot of people from the outside look at the Monogatari series and really they think it's just a fan service harem show. Mm-hmm. I thought as well for the longest well, time. Well, I think a lot of people, even those who try and get into it, go into that with that kind of a mindset, and I think that's why a lot of people are blown away by it. Um, first of all, it's not a harem. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, everyone out there that says it's a harem can really go fuck themselves. There is only one established relationship from the beginning. Um, but, but almost every girl wants to bone Koyomi, so you know. What a great position to be in. Uh, but uh, I do want to talk about the actual fan service because it's undeniable that there, there is an enormous amount of fan service in this yeah. show. Yeah, and it's atrocious. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. It's a lot of it's really good. And I, I, I yeah, want to, yeah. because there's so much more to it than just fan service, I want to ask, is it a form of intelligent fan service, like fan service for a purpose? Yes, I think it's the best kind of fan service because it actually serves a purpose and it's not like they're just like it's eye candy, yeah, but it also like is there for a reason. Like if I I haven't watched Kill a Kill, but someone told me once that if you would take away the fan service of Kill a Kill, the show wouldn't be the same at all and probably for the worse. Is that the correct? The show the show would not work without its fan service. Exactly. I think Monogatari sort of is the same to a lesser degree. And, for example, remember that scene back in Bake where uh, Koyomi goes to uh, Hitagi's home and then she walks and it's like he's waiting for her and she's showering. Then she just enters the room just like that, like naked, butt naked, and she dresses in front of him. And it's very sexual at first, right? But, um, at, but at first it's like... And the whole like the brilliant the brilliance of that scene, in my opinion, is like the like slowly it sort of understand why it's framed that way through both the visuals and the dialogue itself. It's because she sort of because of her sickness or apparition, she doesn't really have any 
I, I don't know if to call it awareness, but something along those lines. And then as the scene progresses, Aragi understands her more and more, and the scene becomes less and less focused on Hitagi as like, uh, like something sexy. It's more like focused on her as a person, and that's it. So you have like fan service that's used well in that way, but then you have fan service that's fan service for the sake of fan service, but it's done a bit cleverly. Cleverly, is that a word? Yeah, whatever. In yes. my opinion, in it's uh, Tiger when there's like um, Hanekawa and Itagi talk to each other, and Itagi literally like, let's take a shot for for Aragi's sake, aka the viewer's sake. Yeah. So it's like again super self indulgent, but I think most of the time it's done very like in a very clever way. Yeah, and I would say a lot of that is down to the the. To just brilliant directing of the anime, which is done by Akiyuki Shimba, which bless him. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, and there are like several directors on the show, and all of them are like mm, top tier. Yeah, but well, Akiyuki I mean, they're all like the main... they're all essentially disciples of of Akiyuki Shimba. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the the brilliance of Monogatari, the way it looks and the way it feels, can be can really just come down to his directing, mm. and just how well done how much of a like great package director that he is where he looks at everything and says how can i make everything as as the best i can mm. it's interesting because you just mentioned that and then i started thinking you there's so many like almost every aspect of the show is just so well so like thought out and so well executed it's like we talked about the voice acting, the dialogue, the music, the editing, the directing. It's so, oh, it's it's just such a, mm, such a solid package. Ah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think that's a really good place to end. Um. So, what do you want from the Monogatari series going forward? Mm, do you want more said, anime, or do you think that Zoku will be enough? I think. If done well, because I have no clue what Zoku is going to be about, and hopefully it will somehow be available, like, not too long after release, because I need it. <laughs> and if Zoku is, like, a good conclusion, I'll be a-okay with it being the end, as much as it would be kind of sad. But if down the line it will be like, yeah, we want to adapt the rest of the books that Nisio is in, I'll be like, sure, I'm down for that. So it's like, I'm happy either way, as I said before. Yeah, I, I feel kind of the same way. It's like, you know, if we just get this to finish out the final season, I'm happy with it. If we get more, I'm happy with that too. I'm always going to be happy for more Monogatari. I, I, just watching these characters do stuff is just unbelievably entertaining. Yeah, it's strange. To, those characters just, like, stick in our minds so much because they're so fleshed out, they're so layered, they're so fascinating and fun to watch. It's... It's really it's a it's a joy to see them and like hear what they have to say. Yeah, and it's definitely a big reason as to why Shaft has become my favorite anime studio of all time. Also, helps on Gatsuna Line was a damn well, good show. That too, that helped, <laughs> and of course, and you know, and, and you know, Madoka Magica that helped a lot too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you all out there for stopping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. I mean, hell, we'll talk about Monogatari anytime you guys want us to. <laughs> if you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. 
If you want to keep up with what we're doing and have a little more fun, you can join our Discord server, become a member of our Facebook group, follow our Twitch channel, and visit our website. As always, if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or concerns of this or any episode, feel free to shoot us an email. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, Natai, even though it's morning. Send me Hanukkah art. I always appreciate it. Hey, you know the thing about Hanukkah, right? Mm. She doesn't know everything, but she just, just knows, knows, she knows that this episode is over. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>